This is the Joe and Amber podcast. That was from our time yesterday. We are holding on to our Joe Fortenbaugh. We are taking the advice there of his friend, Damon Bruce. We were talking about the Oakland A's during that segment. We will still talk more about the Oakland A's today. It looks like they are headed to Las Vegas. They are following Joe Fortenbaugh. A lot of A's fans really, really upset. We will certainly be getting into that. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. Find Joe Fortenbaugh on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So we will be talking about the drama of the A's, but let's start with a team that doesn't have any drama, Joe, because things couldn't have gone better this season for the Denver Nuggets, and they had a parade today. And yes, Nikola Jokic was at it. (laughs) He was there in a time. He is not not in Serbia. He had to delay his trip to Serbia. He He demanded the private jet to get to Serbia. He had to delay getting on that jet, though. He's not with the horses yet. He actually showed up to the parade. It felt felt like he had a good time right here. Let's listen to the Nuggets Center. You know that I I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but I want to stay on parade. This is the best. (laughs) And, uh, and when we see you guys that uh, came out on the streets, and uh, actually this one is for you. We love you, Denver. This one is for you. Thank you, guys. It sounded sincere. <laughs> it looked sincere. Did Jokic not know what a parade was going to be like, though? I think there's a little bit lost in translation. He had just won the NBA Finals. He had just won Finals MVP. He had completed a very successful season, but also a very long, tiring, arduous season. And in his mind, all right, we're done here. We've achieved everything we set out to achieve. He's more stoic than he is, you know, celebratory. So he's probably thinking to himself, yes, I I set out and achieved what we set out to achieve. I can go home. And then they start asking about a parade, and maybe he was unaware of it. I mean, let's be honest. Even though there was a parade in Denver the year before for the Colorado Avalanche, maybe he was unaware that this was something that, you know, people did. I mean, People are putting... Yeah. The pictures of that parade, the Avalanche parade, this parade years ago when the Broncos won a Super Bowl, they're putting the pictures of all the parades in Denver. Denver definitely shows up and shows out to support their teams. Hell yeah. And one Denver Nuggets fan certainly showed up. This is a fan interview from today's parade, courtesy of Altitude Sports. Isaiah, you had the greatest moment of your life. Tell me, there was eye contact involved. Oh, yeah, no, dude. As soon as he tossed me that brewski, I already had to do what I had to do, man. I opened up that straight bear claw on him, and I was just like, yeah, baby, you know what I mean? Drank it. And as soon as I seen it, I was like, I know what I got to do. Looked at my boy, said, this is for us. Bang, bang. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you, so you made eye contact with him, and they threw you a beer? Yeah, no, literally, yeah. like Because like, I, I was hyping up the crowd, and he engaged it, and then he just like looked right at me, and I was like, dude, I'm the one, bro. Come on, send it my way. And as soon as he did, he launched it. I f- caught it, and that's just it's just a history story. After that, you know what I mean. There's plenty of history being made right now. And I guess I'm part two of it. I don't know. <laughs> and how did that beer from Christian Brown taste? And say oh, it without cursing this time. Oh, um, probably one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. I understand what they mean now when Coors is brewed in the Rockies because right. that went down super smooth, you know. And all I gotta say is shout out to him, man. I really appreciate it. And let's just say one of the best days of my life. Let's go, Nuggets. We're gonna get it next year. 
So that fan's <laughs> dreams all came true from getting a beer thrown at him by Christian Brown. He referenced there the taste of the Rockies with course. My brother has long maintained that course tastes colder, which I think my brother might be crazy. But nevertheless, I will say when you drink it, if you're in Colorado, if you're in the Rockies, there is something about it where it tastes like a mountain. Well, that's in the, the most in the most lovely way. That's the branding. They all they do is bury you with the fact that it is ice cold. So it's ice naturally, cold. It, it's, it, it's in your head. It's cold. Yeah. You've been absolutely <laughs> primed, and as a result, you think that way. It's like, why does the airport beer taste so good? Why does the first beer on vacation taste so good? Right? It's mm-hmm. the start of vacation, or you're in the airport, you're going somewhere fun, or you're going somewhere that sucks, and you're just having a beer to kill some time. But yeah, there's we could do the definitive ranking of best beers there are. That's an entire show in and to itself. But, you know, you have to remember with a lot of these Denver fans, they just spent a couple months being told they're not an important story. They don't rate on TV. They don't rate on the radio. Why should we take you seriously when half your 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 market can't even get Nuggets games on TV because of the battle that's going on in the city? Like, imagine that. You're trying to enjoy this run. You're a one seed. You got a shot to bring home your first NBA championship ever, and everyone keeps telling you you suck as a fan base and you're not that important. We'd rather talk about the Lakers. We'd rather talk about the Knicks. It's kind of a win for the fans, too, not just because their team's won, team won, but because they get to show up, they get to show out, and they get to show the rest of the world that, yeah, there's a pretty damn good fan base in the great city of Denver. Certainly, it was a damn good fan base today. Speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, Vic Lombardi, Altitude television reporter and host at the championship parade, was introducing head coach Michael Malone and took a shot at the Los Angeles Lakers. He came into this world as the son of a coach, but in these playoffs, he became the Lakers' daddy. That's awesome. That's just awesome. I mean, why not take the opportunity to take a shot at the Lakers anytime you can? I mean, there's a there is some all-time parade moments, and I got to tell you, I so I was on the flagship in uh, the Bay Area for the Golden State Warriors. And as part of that, when they win a title, you get a float in the parade. Mm -hmm. Like, you get to actually be a part of the parade. And it is wild when you see how many fans show up, how they pack themselves into spaces that you wouldn't expect people to be packed into. They're everywhere, and everyone's smiling, and everyone's having a good time. So you just got it in Denver. And then, believe it or not, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time, the Las Vegas Strip is going to host a two-mile-long parade that ends at T-Mobile Arena for the Vegas Golden Knights. I have no idea how they're going to pull this off logistically, but it is going to be chaos in a very good way in two days' time. Yeah, that will be absolutely wild there in Las Vegas. I was on the flagship for many years of the Miami Heat, but it was perfectly after the breakup of the big three after LeBron left. Before that, Joy Taylor, who, of course, is at FS1 now, she had my job before that. So Joy Ah. got to be on all the floats for all the championships. Then I come in, and I get the Hassan Whiteside years. (laughs) 
it's like what and that's so a I tough never, beat hey, right right and then i leave for here for espn radio and now we're you know in a position to maybe at some point here win in nba finals i will not be on those floats either unfortunately michael malone he can be on whatever float he wants in the city of denver the nuggets head coach he also uh, was having a lot of fun. Lucy Goosey Malone at uh, the championship parade today. Here's Malone. You guys know he stat has, right? <laughs> and you guys know he, he didn't win a third in a row MVP because the voters didn't want to vote for him. So taking some shots there at Jokic, not winning a third in a row MVP. I do wonder with the MVP voting, Joe, and boy, does it feel like Jokic got the last laugh. Embiid might have the trophy. Jokic got the last laugh. But I do wonder how much of that was people across the country and the voters across the country not watching enough Denver Nuggets basketball. Because I do think that there was this awakening around a guy, which is remarkable when we consider he did have back-to-back MVPs, but I feel like there was this awakening around him of people coming to realize that that dude is the best player in the NBA. I think it was the last two, two and a half weeks of the season that really flipped the script. Jokic was a big-time favorite for quite a while, and then the last two and a half weeks of the season, the Nuggets stumbled a bit. Jokic's numbers weren't huge. And Embiid put on a show. He was rolling up monster numbers. And the voters decided, you know what? We've got a great case here over the last two weeks. We have a pretty solid case overall. We want somebody new. So they went with Embiid. And for everyone that went with Embiid, you got to live with that. As a voter, you have to live with the fact that that's the guy you thought was the most valuable player in the NBA. And now based on everything we've seen, there's no one on earth that would agree with you. I don't care if you don't count the postseason when it comes to it. Jokic is the best player in the world, and he's certainly better and more valuable than Joel Embiid. And that's coming from a Sixers fan. I'm guessing Jokic would take the NBA title and finals MVP over the MVP for a third consecutive time. So Joel Embiid can have it. Michael Malone, though, taking his opportunity to take a shot at the MVP voters. Not the only type of shot that he took today at the championship parade, if you know what I mean. But all those guys <laughs> having fun, it was a lot of fun to see, even for this Miami Heat fan who was trying to avoid it all day. But thanks, Twitter, for feeding it all to me anyways. Coming up next, we'll go from a championship parade to the fallout of a reverse boycott. I mentioned that we were going to be talking again about the Oakland A's. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some new developments in the Oakland A's story. It looks like they are headed to Joe's neck of the woods in Las Vegas. A lot of people upset about that. We heard from Rob, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball today, about the Oakland A's uh, coming off of their fans having that reverse boycott we talked about yesterday. We will get into all of that in just moments. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But first, Joe's got that advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Close to having a great one yesterday, but not so much. Two and two minus .55 units overall as a show. 143 wins, 133 defeats, one tie. We are up 10.14 units. Pizza Money number one tonight. We go Angels, Rangers. Shohei Otani is pitching for the Angels tonight. We're going to bet that he lasts on the mound under 18 and a half outs. So what that basically tells you is if he gets through six and two-thirds innings, we lose. If it's six and one-thirds innings, we're fine. Uh, Here's what we're looking at. Otani this season has gone over this number in only four of his 13 starts. He's gone under in four straight starts. And as good of a pitcher as he is, he's done that against two two teams that were mid-level, below average, Kansas City and Washington. And he's done three of them at home. So what I'm getting at is on the road against a really good team like the Rangers, I don't see him working deep. We haven't seen a lot of that this season. Rangers, number one in runs per game, number two in Major League Baseball against right-handed pitching in OPS, weighted on base average, weighted runs created plus. It's a lot of nerdy stuff. I understand if people don't get it, you shouldn't get it. Don't waste your time with it. Just understand they're very, very good against righties. Shohei Otani, pizza money number one, going under 18 and a half outs. So speaking of baseball, Joe and I spent a lot of yesterday's show talking about the reverse boycott that the fans in Oakland had when the Oakland A's actually beat the Tampa Bay Rays. 28,000 fans showed up. They were wearing shirts telling John Fisher to sell the team on the heels of that franchise it looks like moving to Las Vegas and that fan base just being treated terribly by that organization over the last few years. If you miss any of that, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We were very critical of owner John Fisher. We were very critical of Major League Baseball and of Rob Manfred. Well, Rob Manfred shot back today at people like me and Joe being very critical of John Fisher and beyond. The Major League Baseball commissioner had a press conference. Here's him on the situation with the A's. I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think that the real question is, what is it that Oakland was prepared to do? There is no Oakland offer, okay? I mean, they they never got to the point where they had a plan to build a stadium at any site. And it's not just John Fisher. You don't build a stadium based on the club activity alone. The community has to provide support. And, you know, at some point you come to the realization it's just not going to happen. 
it is John Fisher who ran that team into the ground, who sold off all the good players, who had the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, who raised ticket prices, and who provided the fan absolutely no experience, Rob. But okay, it takes more than just John Fisher to build a stadium. However, his implication there that the city of Oakland wasn't willing to get on board isn't in line with what the Oakland mayor's office has said today on the heels of those statements from Commissioner Rob Manfred. <clears throat> Joe, the Oakland mayor's office put out a statement that said there was, in fact, a very concrete proposal under discussion, and Oakland had gone above and beyond to clear hurdles, including securing funding for infrastructure, providing an environmental review, working with other agencies to finalize a proposal. The reality is the A's ownership had insisted on a multi-billion dollar 55-acre project that included a ballpark, residential, commercial, and retail space. In Vegas, for whatever reason, they seem satisfied with a nine-acre leased ballpark on lease land. If they had proposed a similar project in Oakland, we feel confident a new ballpark would already be under construction. Truth as always, and uh, apologies for the cough earlier, classic moment where I hit the cough button when I didn't cough and then took my thumb off it to cough. Amateur is that a classic moment? I, is that, I'm not sure that's a classic. Classic idiocy, Joe <laughs> Fornball style. Uh, truth is somewhere in the middle. I'm sure Oakland was willing to do some things, but not nearly as much as they're saying. And I'm sure the A's, you know, were probably willing to concede on some things. But no, it, it's, it's both parties have been at war over this forever. The most interesting point about all this, especially Manfred, which th- 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 thanks a lot for the lip service. That's nothing. Joe Lacob, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, in the same damn region, fully funded a multi-billion dollar complex right over in San Francisco. He didn't ask Oakland to give him money. He went ahead and he found a site in San Francisco, and it's 100% privately financed. The fans don't owe you anything. Anything. They pay for tickets. They pay for parking. They pay for souvenirs merchandise, they pay for food, they pay for drinks, they pay TV bills to watch you, and that TV revenue is what drives your business. They already do enough for you. Nobody asks Jamba Juice, or Jamba Juice isn't asking us to pay for their building. The Gap isn't asking us to pay for their building. The Flamingo, right next door to where I'm sitting here in Las Vegas, isn't saying, hey, can you give me some money to pay for this building? No. They go out and they pay for it, and then they make money off you based on the goods and services they provide. This is the oldest trick in the book. Hey, if, if you're not willing to step up, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Pay it your damn self. It's right. your business. Which, go pay for it. Which a lot of good owners do. Now, the counter argument to that would be that ballparks, stadiums, they bring in a ton of revenue to cities and to counties. And so there should be some sort of symbiotic relationship there because it's not the same as going to Gap and buying a shirt. When we're filling a stadium or we're filling a ballpark, we're having people fill hotels. We're having people eat at all the restaurants around. We're having people do all the things that make cities and counties money. We're attracting people to move even to our area. So I think that's the counter argument there. But I agree with you. There's good owners all across sports that privately fund their own stadiums and ballparks. What you do here, though, if you really want to get rich, is you get your ballpark publicly funded, and then you sell your team. And you make all the money off of what the taxpayers just paid for, which is what John Fisher was trying to do here, and probably what he'll do in Vegas. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
All you have to do to listen to Joe and Amber tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. It is time now for us to review the sound that we might have missed. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. So the Denver Nuggets won their first NBA championship. And today, as you heard earlier in the show, and if you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, definitely check out the podcast on the ESPN app. They celebrated with a championship parade. But Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Towns says his team did something even more impressive. Seeing these passes that Jokic be making, he be I be watching the game and you be just seeing them. They don't even like talk. They just be moving. Especially I just played them. I just played them in the playoffs, bro. They was they was telling us our plays. They were like, all right, yo, they just they don't even talk. Right to an area, and the person was just randomly right there. I'm like, how is this possible? So who is that due to, do you think? you think that that's a, a Jokic thing personally? you think it's a Mike Malone thing, or is it just the culture I think, of the team? I think it's everyone's on the same wavelength. But they also, what? It was more special what we did in Minnesota because we had, like, what, like a month? And then we had right. training camp, and it was like, you better figure it all out right now. Yeah. And we really figured it out quick. Yeah. And then, like, we got that done quick. Think about it. They had, what, Jokic been in the league? Four years. Oh, four years. If you think about it, you four years, we got it done in four months. <laughs> what? What? Uh, James Steele. Hello. Yeah, so that was uh, Carl Anthony Towns on the Pat Ben podcast with Roan. Joe, he says that what the Timberwolves did this season was more special than the Nuggets winning a title. What in the world is he talking about? What? Yeah, I okay, so I'm wondering if I missed something. What? What is he referring to? What is it that they did that was more impressive? Did I miss that part? They, they traded for, I guess they traded for Gobert, and they had to put everything oh. together. Yeah, they had to put and, everything together very quickly. I think that was the reference. That all right, so so here's, here's all you need to know. Uh, the Timberwolves haven't won a playoff series since 2003, 2004. Now, that's win a playoff series. I didn't say win a title. Now, one guy, Anthony uh, Car- or Carl Anthony Towns, is going to be asked to do all that, but he certainly hasn't helped deliver it. And to be honest, that's not even his team anymore. He's supposed to be the guy. He's not. I don't think he understands, but Anthony Edwards is the guy in Minnesota. That's the guy people care about. That's the leader of the team. That's the best player on the team. Carl Anthony Towns has been a unique cat from the beginning. I think he has a view of himself that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily align with, and that's fine. Do your thing. But do you remember last year when they got eliminated in the first round by Memphis, and he's at home, and he's looking at the fans, and he's clapping, like thanking them, like, hey, it was a good run? You just got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Like, that's what would happen if the Miami Heat had lost at home in the finals to Denver. Like, you look around, you clap for everyone, because what a magical run the Heat had. They made it all the way to the finals. They lost, but thank you all for coming out and supporting us. This has been wonderful. He's doing it in the first round, so he's not really in touch with a lot of things, but that's okay. He's made a ton of money, and hopefully he's enjoying his life. So to review, Kat thinks that it's more impressive to just come together and play basketball, not actually win in the postseason or do anything of significance, but to come together in a quick period of time and physically play basketball than it is to have spent, by the way, I don't know why he references four years. I mean, Jokic has been in the league since 2014, right? So this team has been basically largely together for seven years, but he thinks that it's more impressive to just physically play basketball than it is after seven years to win titles. Is that, that's, I'm having a hard time following that logic. I'm also having a hard time following the logic where he then goes on on that same Pat Bev podcast 
to say, when my time is up and I retire, there will be people that say I changed the game. <laughs> there were so many nuggets out of, pun intended, there were so many nuggets out of this Pat Bev podcast with Carl Anthony Towns. I do agree with Joe. He has an unusual view of himself that maybe is unique to him and like his parents uh, or maybe his wife or his kids. However, if there are those, I don't even know. Uh, However, I applaud him for the content because he does feel like a content machine. Yeah, keep talking. Keep talking. We will talk (laughs) about what you talk about all day long. Thank you. Also, believe in yourself like Carl Anthony Towns believes in himself because... Woo, uh, it seems like there are no bounds there. The playoffs are over, though, because the Denver Nuggets won the title. And we're still waiting for a decision about Ja Morant. And while we're waiting for that, we've been talking about why Zion Williamson, who was selected right before Ja in the 2019 NBA draft, might be in need of a change of scenery. Today on First Take, Kendrick Perkins said Ja would also benefit from a change in scenery. And then he said the sexiest thing I have ever in my life heard. Here's Big Perk. When it comes down to the Godfather and Pat Riley, it's nothing that goes on in that city of Miami without him knowing anything about. And I know this, when it comes down to Udonis Haslam, Mr. Day County himself, and I know he's no longer going to be on the roster, but he's still going to be part of that organization. It's nothing that goes on in that city in Miami without him knowing about. So when I look at the culture and I look at what he could go and do for that organization and what the organization could do for him, I look at John and the change of scenery. I think Miami is the best fit for him. It's an established culture. He'll be well protected and he could learn. I think it's time for Whoa. him to get out of Memphis. All right. So uh, John to Miami and Dame to Miami and Bradley Beal and Bradley to Miami, Beal to Miami. and what, maybe Draymond to Miami. Who else? Can we, uh, uh, CP3 to Miami. Yes. All right, Amber, go ahead. Lopez, Just go. Miami. Whatever. Go. Uh, let's bring them all to Miami and still somehow also have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, maybe even retain Tyler Hero somehow as well. Uh, that would be amazing. I love this idea. But what I love about this even more is this shows how unbelievable the Miami Heat are as an organization. Because typically, if you know anything about the city of Miami, and I love myself some Miami, okay? However, Miami is not typically the place I would recommend somebody to move to who maybe makes questionable decisions involving potentially firearms, potentially, involving potentially parting, potentially, the things that surround John Morant in his personal life, not things that typically you think of the city of Miami helping out to that situation. However, because the Miami Heat in that city in particular are such a well-run organization, you think of them, Joe, like a place that you send players to get the best out of them. Like that organization is going to get John Morant to grow up, mature, make good decisions, and have the work ethic and commit, which is hilarious if you actually consider where, and maybe this matters to me more because I spent so many more so, so many years in Miami, but you're in Vegas. It's the same sort of thing, like the Vegas party scene, for to be in those cities and have that kind of reputation, it's even more impressive. 
So first off, in regards to Perk's comments, if Pat Riley's aware of everything that goes on in Miami, I would imagine the DEA would love to have a conversation with him about some of the imports and exports that take place in that fine city. That's number one. Number two, and the fact that I didn't get a laugh from anyone on that is I just mean, we all astounding. knew what you were doing there. We all knew what astounding. you were doing there. It's, this is like a walk-off moment from the show. I wanted to make a joke about show. the DEA also being pretty aware of those so imports and exports, but being on the take because it's Miami. Out there. Ugh. Um, Miami's culture. Probably the most corrupt city in America. Nevertheless, I love Miami's culture makes a heck of a lot of sense for a guy like John Morant. Well-run organization, long-term coach, long-term GM, long-term president, all that stuff. Good leadership's in place. You can only control so much. Obviously, the nightlife can get to some people, but that's a culture (laughs) where, you know, if he's willing to buy in, he could do quite well. I think Molly's comments after that were fantastic as well because she absolutely took exception to that. She was like, Miami, of all places. She's like, why don't you just send them to Las Vegas? So they had a little bit of a disagreement, but I get where Perk's coming from. Culture-wise, that would be the type of place that John Morant might be able to find what it was he once had. It's the organization itself, and it, it, it seems true. I mean, you really don't hear about Miami Heat players wiling out and doing the wrong things when they're part of that organization. The Chiefs and the Bengals rivalry, because it's a show with James Steele on it. So obviously right, the Chiefs Miss are going to be part of this conversation. Okay, Miss Miami. The Chiefs and the Bengals rivalry keeps getting more and more interesting. Earlier this week, when asked about the best quarterback in the NFL, Joe Burrow obviously said Patrick Mahomes is the guy. James Steele uh, quite literally underlined the word obviously on my screen. Need an so Joe Burrow obviously said Patrick Mahomes is the guy everyone is chasing. Chasing. Then he happened yesterday when a reporter asked Jamar Chase his thoughts on the best quarterback in the NFL. Asked about the number one player in the NFL, with very little hesitation, you said Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that. Yeah, that's <laughs> easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? <laughs> Pat who? What? All right, so Joe, should I uh, just put all my money on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Or oh uh, no. gosh, that's where you're going with this. Uh, They're six uh, anyway, to one. Where does this Chiefs Bengals rivalry rank in sports right now? This is getting up there, man, and this is the type of stuff you want. I know Kansas City fans hear those comments and they think, "Oh my God, that's so ridiculous! How can you disparage us?" That's the whole point. It's the entertainment value of the NFL. I love the fact that the Bengals, even after losing that game, won't be intimidated into walking back their swagger. Go ahead and keep that swagger. That's what got you this far. That's what's going to get you over the top. If you're the Chiefs, you play the baby face in this whole thing. Everything's going to be business as usual. We're not going to address the comments. We're just going to go about our business. It's classic WWE baby face and heel, and both teams are playing their roles extraordinarily well. Where does it rank in terms of rivalries? I mean, are we allowing college football in here? Because if we are, it's going to rank very low down the list. But if it's just pro sport rivalries, definitely up there in the top five right now. It's a lot of fun. I absolutely love this. I love when players feed into it. It was the perfect response from Jamar Chase. James Steele shaking his head in disgust, and that's what we love about it. 
But you have to admit it's fun, right? Like you want this rivalry in your life, James. We all need rivalries. It makes me hate them. So, I mean, that's good. good. And that's, good. that's yeah, what right. it's supposed to do. That is the entire point. You want to love everybody? Like you shouldn't no. want to love the other teams that you face every year in the playoffs, man. You should want to hate them. You should get fired up thinking all week that you're going toe-to-toe with those guys. Speaking of hating, I spent a lot of years hating this man who we're going to talk about next are the New England Patriots in trouble? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. How much pressure is on Bill Belichick inside the New England Patriots organization at this point? Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So Mike Reese. ESPN NFL Nation Patriots reporter was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max today. He said something interesting about Old Bill. There's some pressure. I listened to Robert Kraft. I I go back to when we talked to him in uh, March at the owners' meetings and listening to him in some recent interviews. Um, I believe he does want Bill Belichick here, uh, getting that all-time wins record. I think he's 19 away from passing Don Shula. But he sort of made it, I want to say, clear in how he's spoken like it's not just like hey you're here until you get the record like he wants to see some results and he believes that you know getting into the playoffs anything can happen so um it's not necessarily like a mandate hey you're in the playoffs or or you know we're moving on here i wouldn't say that um but listening to his words you can feel the heat maybe turning up a little bit from the owner's perspective it has been interesting the change of tone if you've heard some of the recent sound from Robert Kraft, the change of tone when he's asked about his head coach, obviously a head coach that you would think had bought himself however much time he needs there, Joe. But when you're in an organization that's used to winning, when the winning isn't coming, all of a sudden the patience wears very thin. The higher you climb, the more comfortable you get. The more comfortable you get, the more unwilling you are to revert back to any previous life you ever had that wasn't as good. And that goes for pretty much everybody. Very few people are capable of losing it all and just being content or happy because you can't stop thinking about what you had and how it was better in some way, shape, or form. Since the Patriots have parted ways with Tom Brady, three seasons have gone by. They are exactly 25 and 25 in the regular season. They have one playoff berth. They lost that game at Buffalo 47-17. The reason they got into the playoffs, it got expanded to seven teams, and they happened to be the seventh team, and they got their rear ends kicked in a game they didn't belong in. Oh, by the way, they were only 10-7 and that season. You got Mac Jones as your quarterback, but it doesn't really look like he's going to be the star everyone had hoped he was going to be. Maybe he can go a little bit further. So Kraft, who's coming off two decades of unparalleled success in the sport, is now looking around saying, hey, you know, I don't need to be a dynasty for two decades again, but I'd like to get to the postseason. I'd like to win some playoff games. That's kind of what I'm accustomed to. And if Bill can't get it done, I'm going to have to start looking in another direction because complicating the matter is one Thomas Brady leaving New England and then immediately winning another Super Bowl, putting an end to the conversation. Was it Belichick or was it Brady? It very much was Brady more so than Belichick. Not to say that Brady did it all, but Brady won the divorce and Kraft saw that front and center. 
yeah, that conversation's over. We don't need to have that conversation again. But it is like, what have you done for me lately when it comes to Bill Belichick, even though he did so much for that organization before when he did have number 12 under center. The problem for Bill is also the division has gotten so much better around the New England Patriots. Him and, by the way, Tom Brady both benefited from that division being trash for so many years, Joe. It ain't trash anymore. And yes, right now we have the... Drama coming out of the Buffalo Bills minicamp, but everybody thinks the Bills are a very good team, particularly if they can figure things out there with whatever was happening with Stefan Diggs. The Miami Dolphins have gotten a lot better these last two years. If Tua can stay healthy, we know the New York Jets just got exponentially better, we think anyways, with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. So everybody is getting better around you. And you are getting worse over the years. And Mac Jones isn't looking like the guy, like you said, that they were hoping that he would be. Does DeAndre Hopkins change this conversation? Because he did visit with the New England Patriots today. Now, The Athletic was reporting that things went well on that visit. Of course, he did leave the building without a deal. ESPN is reporting that barring an unexpected turn, both sides are expected to take some time to assess their next steps. Hopkins reportedly in no rush to make a deal with anybody. It would change the conversation for sure because it's part two of a two-part plan to fix the offense. And part one is not talked about nearly enough. For some bizarre reason, unbeknownst to everyone outside of Belichick, He decided last year that his offensive coordinators would be two guys who don't coach offense. One, Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coordinator, and the other, Joe Judge, who was a special teams coach, somehow got the head coaching job with the New York Giants, failed miserably, and went back to New England. Those two were your offensive play callers, and for some strange reason, the offense didn't perform very well, and your young quarterback didn't develop. So he runs those two, and now you've got a situation where Bill O'Brien's coming in from Alabama. O'Brien was the head coach in Houston. You can say what you want about his GM hat that he wore there. He was a damn good coach. Houston was in the playoffs on a regular basis with Bill O'Brien as the head coach. They've fallen on very tough times since he's left. So him coming in to run the offense is a big upgrade. You bring in Hopkins, who, oh, by the way, was with O'Brien in Houston. And Hopkins is a guy who has had success with all types of quarterbacks. Matt Schaub, to name a few. There is a litany of quarterbacks he's played with that he's produced under that aren't very good quarterbacks long term. So you bring him in, it'll change the narrative, but you're still not going to win that division. You're 8-1 to to win the division right now, dead last. It's too tough. It's gotten to a point where the other three teams have just gotten better than you. Now, I don't know what those odds end up looking like if DeAndre Hopkins joins the team. Probably a little bit better. Probably oh, just not. a little. Yeah, not much better, I would imagine. Hopkins, according to Jeremy Fowler, Hopkins' visit today started early in the morning, went into the afternoon. On Instagram, he posted a picture of himself with Patriots outside linebacker Matthew Judon from inside the Patriots locker room. He captioned it, La Familia. So that led some people to speculate that he's happy with his visit there in New England, and he certainly has some ties there in terms of friendships. But it feels like to me that he's waiting for something because if it really went as well as being what's being reported, he wouldn't have walked out of that building without a deal. Like if he was, if DeAndre Hopkins was convinced that the New England Patriots was where he wanted to be, I feel like he would have already signed on that dotted line before he walked out of the facility today. That did not happen. So we will keep a close eye on what is happening there in New England. A close eye today on golf as well. We will get into that next. This is ESPN Radio. 
Joe and Amber, the podcast. 